All right, so my name is Abrar, uh, Abrar Bukhari. So I am a Saudi national playing for the Saudi national team in Saudi. And I've been with the national team from the past two years right now. Uh, I'm also the, uh, I'm heading the women's committee for Saudi Arabia at the Saudi Sequenda Federation as well. Of course, for, for now, like other than my sports career, I am also the, um, I used to be a finance, a finance analyst uh, before as one of big American companies, international companies. And yeah, so that's in a very small nutshell about who I am in terms of my background. All right, brilliant. So Abrar, Taekwondo, how did that happen? It happened through, you know, my parents putting me into multi-activities. So it could be from, they took me into soccer, arts and crafts. They took me into multiple other sports like tennis and uh, basketball and whatnot and swimming as well. When I went into Taekwondo, it's the, it was the one thing that I kind of, it kind of stuck with me and I really liked it, you know? So it's, yeah, so I just stayed there. So it's the one that I found my passion in. And uh, it happened when I was about 13 years old. So that's about 15 years right now. And yeah, I haven't really stopped since then. Oh, wonderful. So what do you think kept you in love with Taekwondo? What exactly was it? Was it the competition or was it the art form uh, itself in terms of going up the belt system? No, before with Taekwondo, it was never about the competition. It was more about the atmosphere of having, you know, like, a family, like a taekwondo family, you're going to have a community. I was a shy little kid. So that kind of got me out of the box and had, you know, some more of a friend, family kind of vibe. Um, and, as, and, then, and also, like, I was actually good at it in terms of, you know, I like kicking. I like, you know, taking out your energy in some place, you know, well, you feel free, you can yell, you can hit somebody and not feel guilty about, you know. So it's, it was something that I really liked. I think what motivates a person is basically getting belts, you know, like, oh, the, there's that sense of achievement as you're getting high to the, into getting your black belts. And once you get the black belts, a lot of them actually quit. But for me, it's just like, no, I want to see what's more. So I've been studying my university studies at uh, Bahrain. And there, this is where I kind of found, uh, what do you call it, the more of the competition style sparring. And, uh, and I fell in love with it even more, you know, I like the, how you strategize the whole thing, how to keep calm, how to, you know, play with your opponents and, and how's the, you know, like how to be smart in the ring. And then from there, like after working for about seven years at the company, I felt that I needed something more rather than just being, having a duck working all the time and being always exhausted. So it's like, uh, life is more than that. And you actually really live once. And you don't want to make a difference, you know. Here in Saudi, like, it's not like in the UK that where you have sports and the, uh, and the education of sports, especially for females. So for me, it was, it was, I found like there was an opportunity there to do something about it. And since I love Taekwondo, and then I was like, why not? I should, you know, found something there in, in Saudi. You know, bring the community together, have more education the education of the sport and the taekwondo for the female community and whatnot and so far it's going very well and this is where i got in, i got hooked into the mood so i saw the opportunity there although it's very difficult but i went ahead and and i love the the vibes of the competition going to you know starting traveling getting to the national team and then yeah it's, it's just like having that kind of sense of achievement the many small achievements that really make a difference 
No, definitely. I think you are putting in the efforts and the groundwork for future abrars coming through. So big respect for you for that. You know, it's commendable. Did you um, when you when you went to Bahrain and you got yourself involved in in the sparring? How do they compete? Is it on a point system or keep fighting until someone's hurt? How does it work? Uh, no, for Taekwondo, it's, it's very regulated. So we have a set of rules and it's usually based on score based. Number one thing, uh, one thing about the sport is you compete based on your weight category. That's number one. Uh, number two, you go ahead and it's the one, there's like it's a couple of games depending on how many participants in your weight category would be. So you have a round, one game is basically three rounds about maybe like two minutes and then with the 30 minutes uh, 30 seconds of break or one minute of break depends on the referee what they tell us so how we win is basically whoever scores the highest it's an electronic system so your headgear your you're wearing foot sensors and on and the receivers are basically on your um, chest protectors and, and the headgear itself but depending on the kick you get higher kicks you know like the more difficult it is uh, the higher the points you get so until the round finishes and this is where you no, if you won or lost. Is the, the gear that you wear, is that pretty heavy or is it really extremely light? They're making it lighter and lighter. I don't know if you, what's heavy in that, in that terms, but definitely it's an add-on, I would say like a kilo more uh, than your weight usually or a kilo and a half, two kilos max. But you definitely need to get used to it because sometimes it might be a little bit more larger than you. So it's sometimes difficult to lift your, your knee up and do, execute the kick. I don't know. For me, for my weight category, I'm kind of a little bit shorter than usual. So I do find a bit difficulty, but you get used to it and work around it. The uniform, it looks similar to, to karate. It looks similar and it's got a belt system. What do you have to do to progress and talk to me about the uniform? For the uniform, it's usually a white dobok. That's the traditional, I would say, taekwondo suit. It's usually when you start off as a beginner, uh, usually the, the color has to be white. That means like, oh, you're still a beginner and, you're, and you have to wear that dobok and whatnot. And as you progress from your colored belt to the black belt, the color itself becomes black. Or it becomes, if you're like a poom, which is basically a younger or, or from categorized as youth, under 16 years old or 15 years old, they get like the black and red uh, stripes in, in terms of their color and also the belts at the same time. Now they started to change it a little bit where it's, uh, there's a specific uniform for something called pumse. So there's like taekwondo, you have the faring and you have something like, it's something similar to the karate called kata. It's kind of like the movement of Taekwondo as if you're sparring with yourself, right? But it's more like, you know, calm. You do it by your own kind of, your own pace. Just something recognized um, movement that you do for Taekwondo. So that's where the, the dobok might change a little bit. But otherwise, you're, there's like different materials and whatnot. It's depending on your taste, I would say. Oh, thank you for that. You're educating me a little bit. I've, uh, <laughs> I saw a couple of Taekwondo fights and it's very entertaining. I didn't know Taekwondo was a sport in the Olympics. I'll be honest with you. I'm learning I a lot. I think it's the old one. And that's why I wanted to, to actually try to educate people because Taekwondo, because karate is not an Olympic sport. If they're just going in to the Olympics, maybe for Tokyo 2020, supposedly. 
But after that, it's still not recognized as an official Olympic sport. Taekwondo is. Boxing, I think it is as well. It just became recognized. Um, and judo. Those are the three martial arts, I would say, that they uh, recognized it. Because of their safety measures, and it's very highly, and their scoring levels, how they score and whatnot. That's uh, the nice thing about Taekwondo. It's definitely interesting. I'll be keeping an eye uh, next year, especially on you. I'll be watching you and the, uh, the Saudi team. You were talking about the Saudi team at the beginning. In terms of female participation in sport and taekwondo, how is it going? How is it progressing uh, since you've been involved? It's progressing well, I would say. Small progress is better than no progress at all. It's going slow. We're growing slowly. The people are getting more educated. But there is a lot of needs that needs to be done in terms of, you know, having the facilities to train in, having coaches, having, you know, more motivating activities like competitions, internal competitions, because external sometimes it's much more, let's say, costier. It needs, uh, you know, you need to have, uh, you have to be recognized, you have to go, there's a lot of processes going on. But if you do it locally, I mean, that's much more easier for them and get they get the hang of it before they go ahead and get exposure from people who are much more experts in this game. The, in terms of the national team, we're about five to six women so far, four from the senior level, two or three from the youth or junior level. Like, they're doing very well. I mean, they have the same ambition. They have the talent. They just need focus. You know, they need someone to kind of sit with them and really help them to get them to the next level. So, but we, I, I really believe that we do have a lot of potential. Is the government heavily investing in taekwondo as a sport? Well, the federation are trying their best to help us out as, as much as they can, for sure. But they're also limited with their budget and whatnot. And uh, there's a lot of processes and bureaucracies happening in Saudi, you know. So, um, and I don't want to go into that. But, but more or less, they are trying. Uh, again, small progress is better than no progress at all. But there's a lot of things that need to be done, I would say. They are helping, but I think we need more. I'm kind of greedy in this kind of thing, you know, so it's like more and more and more. <laughs> I think the government could definitely afford it. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, definitely. They, they can. But at the same time, put in mind, like there's not only for Taekwondo, there's a lot of other sports. They're demanding the same thing. You know, they have the basketball team, you have the soccer the rowing, there's, there's a lot of other sports. They're demanding the same kind of attention, I would say, you know. And they're giving, the, for example, the budget for every federation is exactly the same despite of the number of athletes oh. there, you know. That itself is just like kind of struggling because if you see like karate, they have like not even quarters, quarters of the amounts that we have, you know. that We have more, almost like 50,000 players in, in Saudi. But when it comes to karate, they have almost less than half of that. So it's a kind of uh, a bit difficult situation in that and how to you know, delegate all this kind of, you know, attention to whom exactly. So you really need to grab their attention and, and see like, oh, are you worth the investment or not? I don't know. It's still like a question mark that we need to still explore. I think you'll get there slowly but uh, yeah. surely. Yeah. In the UK, it's, uh, it's a bit different. Um, you, you kind of have to be successful to receive funding. That's yeah. how it is. True. It is here. Yeah. Uh, which I don't agree with, but we look at it from a medal standpoint. How do the people in Saudi Arabia see the Saudi team when they go to the Olympics, the Comma and and all the other championships, all the other games? Do they, when you come back, is there a, 
a massive uproar of, oh, wow, they did something for our country. They don't get enough attention, unfortunately. Uh, again, education of sport other than football isn't really recognized here in Saudi. Now, I would say, like, especially this year, they started to, to focus more and more. Especially after the Rio Olympic Games, things are getting a bit, like, the sports is getting more uh, exposure in Saudi. And they just announced, like, a new academy or a new, new academy for youth to, to scout out the talent from school from, for the kids, you know. And that's, we didn't have, even, like, in schools, we don't have the sports education as well. Or very something very minor, you know. You, you, you don't have sports like, education in school. No, no. Oh my God. I'm sure. So like, no, <laughs> unfortunately, like for me, like even though if I went for a private school, this wasn't like even a, a governmental school. Governmental school, just forget about. It. There's no such thing as that, and this is especially for women. For women, um, and but for private schools, some schools have it, and but again, it's not in an elite level. Or you can go ahead and, you know, compete and whatnot, even in universities. But just recently, again, very recently, like this year, the last year, they started to implement that a little bit more and more. Just recently as well, about two years ago, they started opening the gyms for women, allowing them to open. Before that, we did not have even gyms, you know, to go ahead and, and train in. And that was like a kind of a struggle. So it's a good, a very good step that they, they allowed us right now to go ahead and, and make like at least weight training and, and be fit and whatnot and having health education kind of thing. But when it comes to the actual sports, I mean, you're, I think it's from the parents, the, the education of the parents, that's the, how they want to invest in their children and, and whatnot. And that's what happened with me. And I'm fortunate for that. So, so when they see like what's about the Olympics, you know, as I mentioned, like it's, it's not as well recognized right now. They're starting to recognize for the people who went for the Olympics before, and they're trying to congratulate them from before. Like, oh, you know what? We had this person. They got, like, for example, medals. But before that, nobody even knew about him so it's, or them. It's a sad thing, honestly. But, but I think it's, getting, it's becoming better, and the education is very, becoming more and more spread around. You uh, surprised me somewhat telling me about no sports education in governmental schools that is yeah. shocking because if i compare it to my experience and in the uk it's a legal obligation we have to provide physical um, physical activity to um, to children exactly. your government is harming itself for not providing such a, a resource to your country and its jobs as well it's baffling to me uh, it is. I mean, like, it's a good thing that they just announced this kind of academy um, of scouting talents and embedding the sports into the school. So, again, it's just a good step, I would say, and, and we're getting there. Uh, we're a bit late, I know, but it's better than nothing. I don't know how much you know about the approach that the government's making in terms of this new academy. Are they focusing on boys and girls? Or, yeah. Or will it depend on the sport? No, they focusing on both genders. That's the good thing as well. And that's what I, where I kind of wished I can go back in time and become a kid again. So, so they could, they could, they could I, can, I might be having a better opportunity, I would say. But yeah, it's for both genders. How long have the people of Saudi Arabia and the women been fighting for this opportunity to get the same opportunity as men to participate in sport in Saudi? Has it been a long time or? It's been... A while. I don't have the exact 
state, I would say, because we had bigger issues than, than fighting for or asking for sports uh, participation. Uh, could be from, you know, driving, having some kind of rights uh, and whatnot. And that's all happened little by little. Uh, we're getting more heard. Thank God for, you know, like our, the current uh, ruler who is here. So things are getting much, much better in Saudi, definitely, you know, in terms of freedom as women, we have better opportunities. In terms of sports, I think when Princess Rima, the vendor, she was holding the sports committee for Saudi. She, she's the one who kind of um, had a really good hand in terms of supporting the women. And she took a couple of these women who are passionate about the specific sports to the Rio Olympics and let them participate for the first time. Uh, so that was the first time that as, as females, we, we showed up in the Olympics. So hopefully by next year, the Olympics will find more participants um, there. So, so it's, it's a very good, again, pro- progress that's happening. Yeah, I think if you can get the facilities, you can find the talent. I don't see why Saudi Arabia in a few Olympics or maybe even next yeah. year can make a, a statement because I think there's a lot of talent in the Middle East and especially in Saudi Arabia. And uh, hopefully I'm looking at one, one of the talented uh, individuals in front of me. <laughs> if we go back to t- Taekwondo, uh, talk to me about training for a competition in terms of, you know, the actual fight itself. Do okay. you go into a camp or are you always fighting fit? Like how long would it take you to actually make weight? You know, what was the journey, the plan? Break it down for me. In terms of plans, there's no plans, unfortunately. We're still, that's, I would say we need to work on that a lot, unfortunately. It's uh, for me, for going to the World Championship, honestly, I didn't know that I was going except like a week before that or like two weeks before that. So okay. I, remember, I remember the Federation was calling me like, hey, we, I need you to do your visa right now. It's like within the next two days. I was like, okay, why? We're going to the World Championship. I was like, I, I told you, I asked you this question if I'm going or not. And they announced, fortunately, it is poor planning, I would say. So I, was, I, I would say like I've been fortunate to be one of those who participated in the world championship but I was definitely not ready but I was I love the experience in terms of being in a very big competition in terms of how I am getting ready of course it's everything is like self-trained I don't train anywhere I don't have a facility to train in I train at home that's basically what I do so making weight also you do it by yourself we don't have any kind of nutritionist we don't have anyone to follow up unless if you invest everything from your own pocket and this is what I'm doing so I do have the background education. I took my personal training certifications and whatnot. And this is where I kind of know the ABCs of how to train myself. So I did make weight. The weight water cut is usually the thing that I go for when it comes to four competitions. Three days or a week before, I just make sure that I'm a kilo above my weight, not more than that. So I don't get have a problem during the weigh-in. And then before going for a competition, there's usually the protocols of, you know, I just need to eat very light food, nothing that uh, consumes a lot of water, and make sure that you're, uh, you know, burning a lot and sweating a lot and, you know, going for saunas, going for a couple of those tricks here and there for the weight, for making weight. In terms of, you know, doing training camps, we're doing it very lightly. Maybe I would say, like, doesn't go more than five days, usually with, with the guys or even like three three days. Like until now from the past two years that I've been with the, with the team, we haven't really had a training, a proper training camp, I would say. So it's more of, uh, you have to always be ready by your own, this is what they're telling us. Oh, you have to be ready. We're not responsible. And then we, when you, once there's a competition, we'll take to that competition. 
and if there is a uh, there is mm. time for any kind of training camp will let you know and that's usually the plan they are planning to take us to training camp but it ends up that there's a lot of delay from the government signing the papers telling us they were were okay to go that's usually screws everything up <laughs> oh wow you need someone to head it all don't you really you need structure in place yeah we don't have an infrastructure yet that is well planned i would say i tried doing one for them but it never went through and there's still a lot of things going on honestly it's too complicated <laughs> to go into did they did yeah. they tell you why uh, they didn't accept your proposal they tell me usually oh there's no budget or oh, i don't know what it's not our responsibility or or something like that we have to wait for something i don't know what so they're expecting us for us to participate but not get not they don't want results they tell us that Uh, it's okay you're at the beginning i don't know what and stuff like that we do have plans in the future but you got to wait and it's been two years since i'm waiting so it's it's a bit uh, messy a little bit so i am uh, reaching out to a couple of governmental officials who are responsible for this to kind of help out a little bit for that specific thing and it's not just for taekwondo specifically it's for all the federation or other sports as well so there's a lot of improvement needs to be done again like i'm already grateful that we're still at least we're participating and i can go ahead and do my own training camp somewhere in the world if uh, if i can for the time being i was going to uh, ask you that have you thought about training across the world at a particular team i know it's possible yeah. for boxing and mma is it possible yeah. for taekwondo to find particular coaches where you could go away for 3 months and Yeah yeah I mean I this is what I'm doing this is how I'm learning and developing myself I mean I've been traveling a lot I've went when I first decided to go ahead and quit my job I was in I was in Oxford okay uh the national team was having having a training camp there so I decided to take like two weeks off to just kind of see like the athletic life because even I don't know like what's athletic life you know I don't know what they do after so I have to start from ground zero So when I was there and I was asking them like oh how do you be an athlete and then I saw how they you know like uh, they wake up in the early morning they go ahead and do their morning session and they come back they have their breakfast or they have their lunch and what not and then they have another training session you know so I saw like how the lifestyle is and I fell in love with it and then when I came back I just knew like what is the ABCs how to plan and how to kind of you know educate yourself in in that terms So I went ahead after that and once I resigned from my my job and then I was like I went to Jordan Jordan is one of the good teams there and it's nearby Saudi and it's not too far away from the family where I speak the language so it's good so I went there it's not it's not as expensive as other places you know in somewhere in Europe so I was like okay let me just go there and just stay there for about 2 3 months yeah almost about 3 months and I really learned a lot you know that's really developed me significantly And then when I came came back I started to find ways here and started to go ahead and train from here to Bahrain and in between so yeah so that's basically and I and then I got busy with the competitions and what not so I didn't really get the time to go ahead and train somewhere else but right now once the flights are open the borders are open I think I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing go somewhere I don't know maybe it's Turkey UK somewhere in uh, maybe Germany so just to go ahead and actually train there for a while because I do have If I'm going to Olympics, I don't want to go ahead and just not play well. So I need to really represent my country a bit better. So I do want to think ahead. I don't need to win, but I just need to at least to perform good. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Fantastic. You said you were learning along the way. What did you learn? 
give me a bit more detail. What did you learn? Share, share some of that knowledge with me. <laughs> well, one thing is basically how to, how to kind of, what do you call it? Have expectations of yourself and not let your ego get to you. So when you have that kind of, what I mean is that basically when I was, when I'm in here inside, I, was, I say it to myself, like, oh, you know, I'm a very good player, you know, and nothing can, like, I'm one of the best, like, what's the world champion? It's, it's fine, you know? So, but when you go ahead and actually do a reality check, and then you realize, like, oh, you know what? No, you have a long way to go, especially, like, if you fight with someone who's not even a national team player, just, like, someone from a club, you know? If this is where you go ahead and kind of think about and contemplate, like, what you're doing exactly, what's, what's going on. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So for me, it's, I was just like underestimating the whole situation. So that's number one thing that I learned. And there's a lot of discipline. And the discipline is and it's eating up your time a lot. So I wasn't able to balance between those two. So definitely if someone needs to do something that they believe in, it's, in and it's quite a bumpy road, they have to really dedicate that time and focus just to have that. And yeah, and we need to gotta, gotta learn how to manage injuries and your mental state. Because I never, I always take sports, uh, sports psychology, so I, I kind of like something insignificant before. I didn't really understand the mentality of why someone needs a sports psychologist until I've been into that situation where you really ment- are mentally challenged and you need to be always, how to be, get yourself motivated during the competition, how to get yourself pumped, how, how can you get yourself out in, from the blue mood of, oh, you know what, today I don't feel like training or you, you don't feel as good, you know, so how do you change that mentality. And we don't have that here in Saudi at all. I don't think in, even in the Middle East sometimes. That's something that I really learned that is, it's, I think 90% of your game would be from your mental state. And then the, next, the other things would come naturally. Yeah, so those are the, the main things that I would say, like I learned. Talk about injury. What injuries yeah. have you suffered? I got a partial tear in my ankle ligament. That's number one. That was a chronic one because it kept on, it kept there. Until today, I'm suffering from it, honestly. When I kick too hard, it kind of hurts. And my ankle sometimes, it just like snaps at, at first, no specific reason. And it's both, both legs, actually, not even one leg, you know. So it's, uh, that's the, the horrible thing. The other thing, uh, the other injury, I would say I would have the hamstring strain. That's another common injury for Taekwondo people. Yeah, I think that's it. I definitely didn't have any kind of fractures, thank God. Just like sprain, strain, and all that. Which is still suffering, but it's better than uh, having a broken bone. <laughs> so normal bumps and bruises along the way. Of course, definitely. <laughs> you make, so you're part of the Olympic team. You go into your first bout. How is it scored? How, how many points do you have to score to win a bout? Or do you have to keep scoring until the end of the fight? No, it depends. For Taekwondo, we use our legs more. Punch is the least point. So if you punch, you take just one point. If you kick uh, on the chest, you take two points. If you kick to the head, it's three points. If you kick to the chest with the spin, that's four points. If you do the same thing on the head, that's five points. And then the other rules is basically the deductions or, or what they say is penalties that you take. That's also a deduction or like an extra point for the opponent. You're giving them like three points for, for that. As I mentioned, it's just three rounds. Usually that's the round of two minutes. And for, for example, the first round, if opponent scores 20 points and you're like to zero, 
or like 20 points more, that's when there's like a point gap and they just automatically win. For example, he's 19 points. And then we went for the second round. You still go ahead and play for the second round. And then it, it, the, the referee goes ahead and decides whether the, he will stop the game or not in the second round. But if you go through the third round and you're still like having still not reached that, the, the 20 point gap, they will let you play until you decide either to withdraw or either you can just stay in until the time finishes, you know, even though there's a huge gap between you two. So now it makes sense what I was watching on YouTube. It's very kick focused. How does it feel when someone defends that kick? <laughs> <laughs> you get used to it, honestly. It's like when someone's coming to you with, with a punch, right? So you have to like move around. But for the kick, at least you can have more length. You know, you can protect your head a little bit more. There's a distance and whatnot. But you have to really be careful exactly like how you do for boxing. So say, for example, you went in and you punched and kicked someone. Do you just carry on? Does some, yeah. Do the judges score that? Or does the referee score no, no, that yeah, within yeah, the belt? Yeah, yeah. It's a, everything is electronic system. So you keep on going. You can do a kick in one, two, three. You can do like 15 kicks continuously and nonstop. It's fine. But if you just stand still or stand by and not doing anything, the, the referee kind of counts to like three seconds. And he's going to signal you that you got to fight. And if none of us also still didn't fight, we get, uh, we get a penalty for both of us. That's how it is. You can go ahead and continue to kick. Unless if there's, like, there's a technical issue with, with the registration of the points, and this is where the referee can ask for a video replay. So he goes ahead and just makes sure that everything is okay, that the why hasn't it scored. Is it a technical issue? Is it just like the, the kick isn't, wasn't hard enough? That's another thing. It's interesting. I'm definitely going to watch it. The Olympic team as a whole, is Saudi, is Saudi Arabia going to send a, a very large Olympic team overall or do you think it'll be a lot less? How many women do you think will compete? Uh, that I don't know still. That's still a question mark. I'm still discussing with them even if I'll be participating. I still don't know. So that's, that's another thing that I don't really understand what is going on. As I mentioned, like it's always like last minute, unfortunately, you know, so I don't know if who's going to be coming, who's going to be participating. But I definitely know it might be more than before, hopefully. It depends on who gets the wild card, who gets qualified, if she got qualified, that is. So I don't know. Who's the biggest taekwondo champion in Saudi Arabia, from men or women, apart from you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It really depends. Yeah. There are, I mean, the guys in the national team, everyone of them are very unique because everyone has their own weight category. So I can't really specify who is the best. It comes out with, with their ranking from their, the people who are in the national team or not. Sometimes they go out and sometimes they say, it really depends. So I don't have really have an answer for that. We don't have anyone like who's all, uh, standing out to go ahead. But we do have really good players here. And we do, did participate in could be from Olympics, could be from uh, World Championships and whatnot. Indeed, some of them won those kind of ranks as well. But I don't know if there's someone who's titled as the best player in Saudi. So what's the qualification process then to make the Olympic team or do you just make the team? Is I'm it, talking about if you wanted to participate, if you wanted to make the team. Yeah. yeah. Do you have to go through qualifiers or do you just make the team? For men, usually what's happening is that they make some, they make the qualification um, tournaments, basically. 
uh, depending on how well they do. They make uh, several, they make several competitions. They gain points from there, and then at the same time, they go ahead for the qualification games, and the winner wins. Basically, that's as simple as that. You know, it is. I think it's the same thing as what they do in UK. For the female, they're because they're fairly new and they're very very little. For me, because I'm the one who is handling the women's team, I kind of cherry pick them honestly for the time being because we even though if we one if one asks them to do like a competition the that's never gonna happen anytime soon you know the two six it will take a lot of time to do it and I don't know if they're willing to do it so I have to really select them by my own so I have to see so my my way of choosing is basically one how invested are they in taekwondo so are they really working their butt off in terms of achieving their dreams the specific weight category already are they really maintaining their health and what's not are they actually talented you know and they have the interest because there's a lot of other women who might be very talented but they don't want to participate in in competitions and what's not you know so that's the thing so doing a competition won't help because we have very few women and we won't be having we won't be able to participate or like for them to compete with someone else anyways basically for the time being and we have like one girls for each weight category and there's no someone to compete for it with them on on that so unfortunately that's how it is i'm i'm waiting for the time that we do actually have a competition that we can see kind of out all the talents because maybe there are some people that i don't know about and i miss and they they need deserve a chance to go ahead and do that they're working very much a lot on their on themselves and investing but i don't know about them and they haven't reached out to me that's another gap that i would say like i need to close okay that's interesting you said you were the head of this women's committee What is your job role? What's the expectation? The expectation is basically handling everything that's for women participation. Meaning, so if they have any questions like where to train, how to get educated in Taekwondo, uh, who are the trainers, female trainers, if there's any kind of announcement from the federation, I'm the person who communicates that kind of news to them. Um, if they have any problems from the women, I can go ahead and escalate it to the officials. there we're we're trying to plan for you know spreading taekwondo more by you know providing more education in terms of you know, having more trainers uh masters having more uh referees in Saudi helping them participate or helping them planning the budgets for the competitions and what not so we can plan who are we getting exactly and how, where do you want to make the training camps so what's good what's not good who is able to go ahead and participate have no issues with their parents and what not and their guardians so that's basically what i do uh, for the time being it sounds like like a lot how do you manage it i i was very heavily invested and very passionate about it but when i see there's not much of a response from their end in terms of the work that i'm doing and you don't see the much about the value or there's no appreciation you start to tone down a little bit and just become the communicator i would say like whatever they the ladies want i try to help them out try to support it in my own way i don't need to, to speak to them I try to educate more people in terms of you know the community making deals with the universities with the schools teach you know spreading the the taekwondo itself and if i need anything from the federation i go ahead and ask them for that how do i manage i just because i i dedicated my life for taekwondo right now right so that's what i do and this is what I'm passionate about and I really wanted to excel and I'm and this is where I go ahead and do that 
But um, otherwise, am I relying on them to do something? I'll tell you no. I won't be able to do that. To do that. And, and I don't have anything in my hands to actually make things happen. But I can try my best to kind of give them, embed the idea in their heads and put the plan in place. And that's it. What's the dream? What is the ambition for Abrar? What do you want to accomplish? Number one, I do want to become the best player in Saudi. That's number one. Just Not just like a normal player. That is, no, I do want to have a really good, when I do go ahead in the field, I do want to feel the opponent is having a challenge. Not just like, oh, you know what, this is an easy appointment. That's number one. So becoming an actual champion in that terms. I don't care about the medals. I don't care about that. As much as I'm, I uh, care about my own specific development in this sport and how am I able to succeed. Number two, of course, is I want to participate in the Olympics. That's the ultimate dream, of course. Presenting one of the other big games could be from 18 games, could be another time for the world championship when I'm ready. That's when I'm surprised. Another dream I would say, I'd like, I do want the Taekwondo sport to be spread across Saudi and I want it to become the actual sport in Saudi rather than hearing everyone saying, oh, the, yeah, you know, soccer, everyone knows what's football, but nobody knows about what is Taekwondo. You know? I don't want them to mix up between what is Taekwondo and what is Karate. I want them to have only that mindset in, in their head, having it in their schools. So I'm planning to open or hoping, and this is what I envisioned, having more than 100 schools in Saudi for, for females specifically for Taekwondo. And that's a big project that I'm, I want to work on. And yeah, the, that's the ultimate dream, I would say. Of course, I, w- I would later on want to become a national, um, national team um, trainer at the end. But this is where I need to be, be really, go through the athletic life first to see like how things work and get the proper education before I go ahead and take that step and have some kind of knowledge before I go ahead. I think you'll get there, inshallah. What do you do on your day off then when you're not taekwondoing every other day? So what do you do to rest? Yeah, that's what I do. I usually, I'm a, <laughs> other than take one, I rest and just do nothing. You know, just spend time with the family. I love to cook. I love to eat. So it's, uh, that's another thing that I love to do. Staying back, laying back. I love to read. I'm learning another language. So I'm keeping myself very occupied in, in that term. Yeah, so that's, that's when I'm not too exhausted. I go ahead and uh, like stay with the family and friends and do some extra work other than sport. What language are you learning? Turkish. Turkish? Why Turkish? Yeah. I have Turkish roots. So my grandfather and my uncles all speak Turkish fluently in their Turkish. I go to Turkey pretty much very often. And I love the country and I love their food and love everything there and I love the culture. We do have, I do have um, accommodation there. So I go there very frequently. It's one of the places where I do want to retire in. So it's good for me to go ahead and learn it since I do have family who speak it, so I can, you know, I use it very more oftenly. No, no, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's been amazing. I will keep an eye on you and hopefully catch up with you after next year's Olympics. I can't <laughs> wait to watch you on TV and hopefully mm-hmm. Tokyo 2021 will go ahead. Yeah, hopefully. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah. Thank you so much for your time. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for your time. Slowly, come. Take care. Yeah, have a good time. Bye bye.